This is Life After Berkeley. I'm Curtis Killian. Today, an interview with Ben Levin, guitarist, Jessica Kayan, bassist, for the band Bent Knee, who formed at Berkeley in 2009 and just released a new album, Say So. Uh, ben Levin and Jessica Kayan from Bent Knee. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Life After Berkeley, the podcast. We've been here this whole time. <laughs> it's been life after Berkeley for five years for this boy. And three years for this girl. 2011 class. And 2013. Uh, do, do you want to start off talking about how and why Bentney formed at Berkeley? Yes. Bentney formed at Berkeley in 2009 as a collaboration between me, I'm Ben, and Courtney Swain. She's the singer. Courtney... She wrote songs, and so did I, and we met and started writing songs together, but the magic didn't happen until we decided to record them with humans. And after a few drums and bass people flipped and flopped away, we ended up with the lineup we have now, and we started playing shows while we were all still in school, doing lots of rehearsing, and Jessica's first gig with us was at the Berkeley Performance Center. It was so scary. What a stage to start on. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, Benny's very early songs were extra weird. And they were just like hits, um, uncued hits that were out of time. And it was, I it was, I was probably the, the most nervous I've ever been. Let's demonstrate. Bum. 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 Bop. And that was at the New Music Festival or something? Yeah. We, en we ended up using the footage uh, on our YouTube channel, but we made it black and white. And now people use it as evidence for why our new videos are doctored. They think our new videos are fake because they point to those videos and they're like, look how bad they actually are. But we just got better, yeah, because it's been a long time since then. Yeah. Great synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you have a new C you have a new CD album. Yes. Say so. Mm -hmm. That's the right name, and that's the right album. Good job. <laughs> I did my research. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about the making of the album? It's yeah. a very beautiful album. Thank you. I enjoy it thoroughly. Thank you. Uh, and you've been getting some some uh, great press recently, Wall Street yes. Journal, and well, recently signed to Cuneiform. Yeah, Cuneiform. Yeah. Cuneiform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we wrote these songs for Say So in the span of a, about six or seven months. I mean, some of the songs are older than that. We're, we're, we're older than that before we recorded, but, um, we had this tour, this three month tour last summer. So summer of 2015, and we wanted to prepare to record at the end of the summer. So we wanted to have a good full set of songs to record uh, for the end of the summer, which would eventually become Say So, the new album. Well, let's start with Black Tar Water. Jessica, why don't you talk about the genesis of this tune? Okay. I did a uh, RPM. Uh, it's like an open open call to musicians to write and record 
a, a whole album in the month of February. RPM and, stands for Record Production Month. Yeah, good job. And um, so I wrote an album called Quone. And <laughs> I, while I was writing that album, Black Tire Water was one of the songs that I wrote. And then uh, all the Bentney folks liked it. And so we decided to bring it into the band and it changed a bunch. And um, I really like where we went with it. Mm -hmm. and, um, the actual song is about, um, I was, it's, it's about kind of like coming out of depression and, um, just like deciding to be done and like be moving forward and kind of the physical task of like kind of getting away from all this like in my head it was like all this gooey black stuff all over you when you're depressed and to to be um kind of back to normal you have to start getting all of that off of you and then everything starts feeling a lot better yeah it's not like a big jump to being better it's like a gradual cleansing spiraling upward definitely yeah and it is like a you know, it's like a positive feedback loop because you start feeling better, and then because you feel better, you feel even better, and it's it becomes easier. Yeah. Art rock. You call yourselves art rock? Well, it says that there on the band camp, but <laughs> I don't think any of us really love that title. It's just, you know, genre names are this retrospective way of, like, saying what something became. Not how it was made, you know, so we never intended to be art rock or prog or whatever. It's just that the other bands that are called art rock fit well with us, kind of. It'd be either quone for our genre, we're either a quone band <laughs> or, or we're uh, like a he fump, yeah, we're like he fump or quone, he fump or quone, <laughs> yeah. And if I yeah. had a rapper name, it'd be flambus, flambus, it's very good. I'm gonna be uh. Clepus Clumpus. Clepus Clumpus, right here with Flambus. <laughs> and we're going to play you some of our newest people. The track commercial jumped out at me, but it might be as a guitarist, there were cool lines that resonated with me on that one. I'm glad you like it. You're the first person who's ever specifically said they like that song. I tend to like the ones that no one else picks. I like it. I'm glad. You know the feeling when you make a song and nobody ever talks about it and you think it's bad and you don't really like it and then someone talks about it? Yeah. That just happened. Commercial is a song that behaves much like a commercial in the middle of the album. It's disruptive. It, is, it doesn't care too much for the context of what happened before or after it. And it appears as this sort of punch uh, to the emotional gut. And I like that effect. I think it's an interesting and, and exciting, like, satirical moment. 
Um, and the song's about how commercials do that. Mm-hmm. So I, li- I like it. And, and no one in the band dislikes it. And really no one's complained about it. But <laughs> it's no one's favorite pick so far. Except yeah. for you. I like to play it a lot. I think it's, it's really... It's fun to play. It's fun. Yeah. You can go do, 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 do. Do 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 do. Are there are there any albums that inspired this, um, or you can speak about your inspirations, Beyonce, Kendrick? Yeah, well, specifically Kendrick Lamar's uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly." We we finished the album before Lemonade came out, but we all like Lemonade. At least, yeah, we all I think yeah. we all like it. Jessica and I really like it. But "To Pimp a Butterfly" is my favorite album still. I just think it. It's the ultimate concept album. Who else? I think Tune Yards influenced. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tune Yards. Tune Yards influenced yeah. Leak Water for sure. Yeah, uh, I could hear that. I was obsessed yeah. with Who Kill when that came out. Mm-hmm. We played with Natronics, which is Nate from Tune Yards. Band. I was at that, that show. Oh, cool. <laughs> Great Scott. That was yeah. nice. Was, yeah. I didn't even say hi to you. I don't think. It was packed. <laughs> yeah, but you're a special boy. That was <laughs> true. <laughs> that was right out after your uh, Boston Globe article. So that was the most packed Boston rock show I think I have been to in a long time. It was really crazy because consistently there have been moments where something seemingly really big happens for Bentney, but then there's no tangible real world effect. Uh, that we can notice. Maybe it's a long-term effect. Maybe it's the beginning of some process. But the Globe article was one thing where as soon as it happened, we could see a tangible effect where more people came to our shows for a while. And same with uh, getting signed. I think I think since December, we've had just more people at our shows consistently every time. Each time you go on tour, you get a little more, I think a little more like this feeling like, like you're, you're slowly grinding one of those penny machines that makes the squished penny, and that after you slowly grind, you're gonna get this tiny little penny at the end. It's gonna be like good. Now I have it. I think that's kind of how it is. It's yeah, slow. It's slow growth is real growth, as our mentor Susan Rogers says. Mm-hmm. Slow growth is real growth, and I I believe that it, it it's 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 a you know you get just get into the deeper and deeper games, and it's still a lot of luck, you know. If you if you keep playing, you know, and you get better and better, then there's a way to make poker work for you much better than playing the lottery. Um, Analogy over. And that sounds like your advice for new alumni bands. I think the answer is the band's chemistry has to be so good, and the communication has to be so good that you all are in agreement that you're going to see it through. And then by consistently going out on the road and consistently pursuing whatever your process is and pushing it, you find out about opportunities you didn't know exist and challenges you didn't know exist instead of these theoretical opportunities or challenges that you know you haven't found out what they actually are. You just know that they'll be out there, but you don't know what they are. By actually going out there with a band of people who are really committed with good chemistry, you, you start finding actual answers and actual... Uh, information to build off of. Yeah, if nothing else, you talk to a lot more bands who are at a similar level or a little bit higher, a little bit lower, and you can, if if they're a little bit further along, you can ask them a lot of questions and really get those answers in person. Um, because I think 
like looking for them online or you know on a site that offers like 10 ways to to make your brand happen like I think those are just like really vague suggestions that sometimes are really like obvious or specific like that don't work for everyone there's some basic homework that every band should do you should have a well-recorded excellent album you should have a merch table that looks nice and makes the thing that people are supposed to buy seem like a great thing I mean that you can control you should have a vehicle to tour in that you don't so you don't have to rent so that you're not totally screwed financially every time you go uh, and then you can tour often like the, the you know you should probably not promote shows by being like um, mass messaging all your friends no matter where they live you should try to like find the people who care in specific places yeah and I, I mean I think one thing that Bettany has that's really special um, is people seem to really like it and it hits them on an emotional level and I don't think that I mean, that didn't happen right away. We're told that sort of thing at every show. If somebody isn't emotional, wasn't emotional, or just really, really floored by your last, like, five shows, like, maybe, you know, record your shows and see what they're really hearing. Highlights from Berkeley. I know you mm. had that interesting experience with Steve Vai. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Touch upon your Berkeley experience and highlights. Yeah. Uh, of your time that have stuck with you? Well, I think the the first things that pop out in my head with Berkeley are meeting everyone in Bentney, falling in love with Jessica here, um, and an improv class I had with Mitch Halpers where we'd, uh, every week, this class with musicians who played all different instruments would sit down and a select number of those people would stand in front of the class and improvise. And then we'd talk about it. And that was the structure of the class the whole way through. And we basically learned how Mitch Halpers likes his improv. And he's an amazing musician and an amazing teacher. So learning that was incredible because it's, it's like adapting a whole language with, with a group of like strangers of random skill levels and random instruments, basically. I didn't really know too many people in the class in advance. And so I was in this class, and then I met Jessica, and I invited her to come sit in on it, which is a big deal because you really, you know, you have to be careful who you invite to that class because it can really throw out the balance of things because we're, we're in there working on not just our music, but we get to this psychological stuff too because we're improvising, and a lot of people have fear attached to that. And there's, there's a lot of baggage in there but Jessica and I had a wonderful time in it yeah I also took the class after I visited it felt like Berkeley's biggest secret that class is it I think he would only allow about 12 students in each each semester it was called improv concepts one um also uh Henry Tate was one of my favorite instructors um he taught art history and he uh, he passed, um, I believe, last summer, yeah. and uh, man, Berkeley had something really special with him. Uh, he was he's the reason why Berkeley students can go to the MFA or the ICA for free, and um, he just 
knew everything so much so that I had this theory that he uh, was like an immortal person from a different time and just kept living. But you know, yeah. Yeah. I had another great professor, uh, Steve Prosser, who also died. Yeah. But he was super memorable because he he showed uh, everyone in the class Shostakovich, and he had the best way of describing Shostakovich and why Shostakovich is such an amazing composer and like amazing person and he really is such a moving description that he gave and uh, he was so supportive of me and uh, really opened up my musical brain so that yeah. was a real he even highlight. he even helped you um, make promo videos for shows yeah in terms of multimedia I know you supplement your work with YouTube Mm-hmm. Skype lessons and all yeah, that. How is that? I make money is I have a YouTube channel where I put the best instructional material I can forward, knowing that when you show people the door and you show you like do the best job you can presenting them musical knowledge, it only makes people want more, and it helps everyone because then people sign up for lessons with me and they're more prepared to like make informed choices about what they do with music because you don't have to wonder what will I learn at Berkeley um, in terms of curriculum. They can see, you know, these are the kinds of topics that are that are involved in music theory. This is kind of some of what's out there. So they don't show up, you know, and commit to, to like being a professional musician or wanting to study this stuff and then realize that they're not interested in it. So, you know, that, so anyway, I, yeah, I teach the YouTube lessons and then I teach Skype lessons to people who are particularly interested. And Jessica teaches little kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I teach at um, the Chestnut Hill School in Newton. And um, I do just like after school private lessons. And I have one group that's uh, it's called Club Glee. And it's a group of eight girls from first grade to sixth grade. And they, like, dance a little and sing, and it's adorable. It's really fun <laughs> and really crazy because like, groups are a lot harder than individual lessons. All right. <laughs> yeah. A group of first yeah. graders. Yeah. You've been pretty prolific with side projects as well. I know Justice Cow. Yeah. Brilliant Ooh. side project. And uh, <laughs> Freak Machine, you're... That's with Ben Levin Group. Yeah. yeah. I got a a new rap album called Life and Back um, and uh, yeah we've got a two hour piece about a guy who can't die and that's going to come out the first quarter of that's coming out this year and uh, I've got a puppet show about middle school that I'm I haven't done with the music now I just need to get funding for the puppets and stuff um, and then uh, we've got an album of Solo acoustic, not solo acoustic, uh, acoustic music where I sing and play acoustic guitar and there's like another acoustic guitar and then uh, acoustic bass and mm-hmm. drums and it's all live in a room and it's like, I messed it up. <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> to record live like that. <laughs> uh, how, do, how do you decide what material you write is for what project or is it just... Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's about whatever is needed. So... Bent knee is slow, but, but effective. So, like, if you write a bent knee song, it's going to change a lot, and everyone's going to get their dirty hands in it and rip it apart, and it's going to be <laughs> painful. 
Uh, and then it ultimately you'll be happy with it in the end, but you have to go through this really painful process. But then the reward is really high because you play those songs a lot. Because I, I play more in Bentney than any other band. So I play those songs over and over and over and over, and then I get to see people's reactions, and they they become the best-known songs that I write. And then Ben Levin Group, I can do anything I want, and people do pay attention. Uh, it's just not nearly as much, but... but Mostly it's like if Bentney needs new songs, I'll just write until I feel that Bentney's in good shape. And then I'll start making a sol another solo thing. Um, and then, how about you? I, uh, my most recent project, uh, Injustice Cow, is an album called Fam Fiction. And it's a con, uh, concept album, that's the word. Um, con, 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 concept album. Concept. Concept yeah. album. <laughs> it really is. Um, about my family. And um, it's called Fam Fiction because um, it's like I used characters in my family to, like, like, like you would use characters in fan fiction books. But it's fam fiction. But it's fam with an M fiction about family. And um, we we just got the masters like two days ago, I think, yesterday. Yeah, from Randy Ruse. Yeah, who's a Berkeley professor and wonderful musician, He's wonderful great. mastering engineer. He masters all our stuff. Yeah, he mastered say so. Yeah, the Benny album. Very He's good. excellent. Yeah. I know. Last I saw you at Berkeley, you were hanging out with George Massenberg, and I know you did some mixing sessions with him and Sylvia Massey. Mm -hmm. uh, was that just for? classroom experience or did anything come of that I'm curious yeah the uh we were invited because they were visiting to do like um record a band and the students would watch those people record and we were the band uh, we were among the bands and so yeah we we got to do that with george massenberg once and then sylvia massey once and then we got to see george massenberg mix sylvia massey's session mm -hmm. Uh, and we developed a nice relationship with George. He's really Especially, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like we got along really well. And um, He laughs at all the jokes. Yeah, he likes my jokes, yeah. and you know, sometimes they don't. But also, like, f foremost, we got, a, I think, a good relationship going with Mark Wessel, who yeah. invited us to do that, and he's a Berkeley professor. He's, he's like been incredibly supportive of us and it's just fun to be around him that's what we were doing today we were recording with him and um so it's been nice and sylvia massey was awesome i mean it was just great experiences also to work with them the the mpne department seems to like be extra open uh to like m mentoring and um, just been extra supportive for, to us. Um, for instance, Mark has come to some of our shows. Yeah, like that's and so that's, rare. That's a really that's a hard thing to do. I think as a Berkeley professor, like like staying out that late and um, then being in a loud, smelly environment. It's hard with, for anyone. It is, but like especially you know someone yeah. who doesn't have. Too, yeah, you know? it, well, like, it's rare that any Berkeley teachers have come to see us play ever, like, or yeah. just, like, ever. I mean, That's I don't blame incredible. them. I don't blame them, but it's extra special that Mark do yes. does come. And yeah. I believe Susan Rogers has come yeah. to some of our shows, yeah. too. So yeah. that's mp &E department right there. Yeah, yeah very yeah. supportive of us. Mm -hmm. It has been really inspiring. That That's something that's brought me back 
to the school emotionally because right when you graduate, you feel sort of left behind, at least we did, because now it's just you, your debt, and, you know, you, you, don't, you can't use the Berkeley resources anymore. Um, like, you can show up with your alumni ID, but uh, you're, like, the last to get access to the printer. Like, and if anyone with a student ID shows up, even if you've been waiting for hours, you know, you can't use any of this stuff. If you get, like, and I don't think that's such, it makes sense, but it's just, you graduate, and then the magic Berkeley world feels like it closes. And it feels like it's just some of the practical stuff that could have paved the way for a smoother transition. It's just like pulled from under you. Maybe that's good. I don't know. But it makes it harder to feel connected to the school when you're done. But then the MPN department inviting us back in and being proud of us and like, you know, being involved in our music, not some fabrication of our music, but our real, like the music that we want to do, the way we do it, um, without it being like this contest or critique thing we had to win, but we're just being invited in because of what we've done. Uh, it's made, it's really made up a lot for that feeling. You know, now I, I've, you know, I'm like proud of the school again, you know. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on like, improving the uh, alumni experience in those first two years out of school. And I don't know, because I graduated a long time ago, relatively speaking. I don't know if maybe all these things that I have as concerns are, like, fixed now. But um, one, of the, one of the things that is good is now Berkeley's using their YouTube channel, and um, it would be cool if there was some sort of a Berkeley collective for its original music projects that develop afterwards where... You could, there's like a, it's not a master's program, but it's like a grad program that's just focused now on developing your band. And you can even pay, it could even cost money. It could be an, like an alternative to getting your master's or something where it's a, you know, Berkeley will uh, use its networking reach and it's huge mass of people to, of, of alumni to like kind of help create some sort of a path for original music bands to follow and there's lots of ways you could do that these days Ben Nee everybody here's the outro uh,